Welcome to the Grace-Based Living Podcast by New Creation Church. My name is Christy. We're so glad you're tuning in. Parents, this is our parenting series for parents with teens. Be blessed and empowered by Pastor Matthews and his guest speakers as they share real-life experiences and practical handles on parenting and raising teens. My name is Christy, and with me today are Pastor Matthews and Deaconess Miriam. Hi, Pastor. Hi, Deaconess. Hi. Hi, Christy. Hi, Deaconess Miriam. Hey, hello. Hi. So in the previous episode, we spoke about changing our inward visions to change our outward approaches. In other words, to see that our children are stepping into young adulthood and to change our approach towards them from nagging to coaching. And in your sharing, Deaconess, you introduced a really powerful acronym to us, LEAP. L for listen, E for empathize, A for ask, P for point and pray. Today, let's dive deeper into LEAP and explore how this approach helps us in our conversations with our teens. So like in a nutshell, LEAP is actually our parenting approach It's how we move toward our teen. So, you know, as parents, it's so easy to just parent our child the way that we were parented. But this is about like choosing a different approach. It paints a picture of how we can move towards our teens and keep the relationship with them. And then maybe you're wondering like, how is it even possible to move toward our child in love, especially when our teen doesn't deserve it, you know. It's not so easy to just be like so understanding and kind and gentle and, you know, listen and empathize and all that. And in a nutshell, it's really about seeing the Father's love towards us as parents, towards me as a mom. So I love this verse from Zephaniah 3.17 that says, The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one will save And this is how he approaches his spirit, his love towards us, right? It says, he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Can you just like see that? That's how our daddy God meets us. This is how he moves towards us and meets us in our time of need. And especially when we deserve it the least, you know, this is how he meets us. And it's because we have that love, we can like pour that love over to our kids. And then we are like wondering, how can we even like apply it practically? And this is where I read this book by Smith Wigglesworth. He was a British evangelist, like from the mid 1800s. So I was just reading about him and he was sharing how uh, he felt so many demands. He was doing house visits and there were a lot of difficult circumstances uh, so he, he came to this one house and and he felt so inadequate because in this home, there was a young adult with mental illness and he was totally not functioning. He could not contribute and help out in the family. And it was a burden to the family. You know, they were struggling because of this situation. And then he felt like this burden is on me. I need to come into this situation and fix it. And that's when in in this uh, these like thoughts of confusion, he suddenly remembers and he kind of sees how God and how he wants to step into this situation to bless. He says it so beautifully. I could see that God was just eager to step in to bless in that situation. And all that he needed to do as the evangelist, as this man of God in this situation, was to speak forth the word of God. So he said, in the name of Jesus, I just declare health and healing over this young man. 
And then and there, nothing happened, you know, but he was so conscious that God had done something, that God had leapt into this situation to bless. And then just uh, a few days after that, he received news that this young man was completely whole and sound and he was wow. working and well-functioning. Wow, that's uh, awesome. And his, the whole secret, right, for Smith Wigglesworth was that he saw how God was so ready and willing to bless, to Amen. step into that situation. So it's the same kind of... Um, vision and knowing that we can have in our parenting. It's not on us to fix everything and to to uh, like understand what is going on and to fix this, like have a solution for everything. But if we can see that in the midst of what we are dealing with as parents, God is there so ready to bless and to step into that situation. Amen. Amen. And then I was reading like Song of Solomon 2, verse 8 and verse 10 and verse 14. So I just want to read that to you because I think it's so beautiful because the word leap is there. It says, The voice of my beloved, behold, he comes. And listen, leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. So you see, that's our Jesus leaping towards us, you know, so ready to bless and to solve and to heal. And then verse 10 says, My beloved spoke and said to me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. And this is how the Lord, you know, speaks to us. He calls us beloved. He invites us to come with Him, to rise up together with Him. And then he says, Oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. That's how our Lord loves us. He loves to see our face, to hear our voice and just fellowship with us, do life with us. Mm. So to me, whenever I hear leap, it's like my heart leaps <laughs> because <laughs> I really see the Lord's love for me all over again. And I see His heart for me. I see His heart for my children. And I just remember that I'm so loved. And it's from this place of belovedness and Christ consciousness that I can leap in, you know, to love on my teenager in our encounters, in our conversations, and even in our disagreements. Wow. That's so beautiful, Deaconess. I really love what you said about how like when we don't feel like we need to have the solutions and the answers, our hearts can be so free. I mean, the burden is lifted from our shoulders. The demand is lifted from our shoulders yes. to love. That's so good. You're gonna so good. Yeah, exactly. And it's like more of the kind of spirit, the manner in which we have these conversations with our teens to see that we are not in a fight with them. We are not on separate teams. We are actually on the same team. We want the same thing. And mm. we, we, we love one another, you know? That's right. So as a parent, I'm just there to, I want to listen because I love you. I want to empathize with you. I want to ask you questions to find out more because I'm interested in your life. And I also want to provide pointers, you know, to you to help you. And I want to pray with you. Wow. Yeah, and sometimes it's because we feel like we want to help you and then the solutions come out faster <laughs> than our ability to sit down and listen. And so it's really cool that you came up with this acronym LEAP. And I think, Deaconess, we were talking earlier about how like LEAP is not linear. Does it have to be linear or...? 
Yes, it's so important to me that it's uh, it's not a method. It's not like okay, uh, let's uh, let's follow the the rules here. We gotta start with listen, and then when we when we listen well, then we empathize, and then we move on to asking questions, and then we move on to giving pointers and praying. <laughs> it's not a method at all, actually. It's more a manner, like I mentioned. It's our manner, it's our approach, and it's the spirit in which we meet our children. Uh, so it's not like a linear thing. It's very cyclical, you know. Sometimes you start with listening, but another time maybe you start by asking a question, or right. maybe you start by just empathizing, or you can even start with a prayer, you know. So it's uh, it's it's not the method. I, I really hope that you catch the heart behind this. It's the spirit. It's the manner in which we meet our children. Right, right. And when we are on the same team, we will know how to maneuver this method. We will know how to use the leap, right? Because the love is what will melt and soften hearts. That's right. That's so good. Wow. I just wanted to thought, I thought, uh, Nicholas Miriam, that was just so powerful. I love the fact that you started with Song of Songs, you know, or Song of Solomon. And it's a conversation with the beloved. So Mm. the point that for me that hit home when you shared that was, do I see myself as God's beloved? Mm. Number one. Number two, do I see this child that I've raised from waiting for him or her as a baby, approaching, entering to the world, all this through this time into young adulthood, do I see my child as a beloved or has this child suddenly turned into a monster? Wow, yeah. You know, uh, having uh, teens of my own in my own house at this point in time, I know sometimes we feel that they've almost become unmanageable sometimes because of the things that they're doing, their biological changes, they are growing up, they've got different mood swings and they've got different things that interest them that don't interest you. And Mm. sometimes I wonder whether we forget that they are beloved to us and that we see them as the beloved. Mm. I love that point that you made because, you know, when you you see them as beloved to you, that these are precious, these are Mm. children that are precious in the sight of God, and they are precious to you, you want to make a change. You want to change the way you approach this child. You'll remember the years that you waited for this child and all the things that you were waiting for, things that you wanted to do for this child. And now the child is growing up and grown up into a young adult and it's a little different. And sometimes you see yourself in the child and you're frustrated with the self you see in the child. So there's so many things here. (laughs) Exactly, right? I've seen myself in my kids as well. I'm like, was I like that? No, never. I was a nice boy. No, actually not true. Because I've heard my mother say all sorts of things that I was in my insistent ways. And I just thought that that was beautiful when you shared about uh, the sense of belovedness. Mm. And that's how we can leap forward. I just thought it was so good. And again, the other point that you mentioned, you said it was, um, it's not a formula. And I know Singaporeans, yes. Right? Yes. I know we love formulas. Uh, you tell me to do this, I do this. You tell me to do that, I do that. You tell me to do one, two, three, four, I do one, two, three, four, not four, three, two, one. Right. I love mm. the fact you said that because it's a spirit by which we approach this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's not listening first all the time. It could be prayer first. I love that. And I think it's it's a call to us today. And I just want to reach out to parents today. You know what? We have made mistakes. Can I just say that I have made mistakes in the way I raised my kids until I came across you know, the messages in New Creation Church, I just want to be so thankful for the house that I'm in, the messages that came out of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm so grateful for the word that was spoken over me because I know that I was capable of much worse things. But God changed my heart and He changed my perspective. And I think what He did first, and rightly, as you pointed out, Deaconess Miriam, is that He put the love of God in my heart. Mm. 
so that I could take that same love and put it into my children's heart. Right. And I just want to reach out to parents today by telling them, you know what? Hey, dads and moms, you want the same things that your kids want. Yes. You yes. Know, they are seeking, they're crying out for validation today. Mm. They're crying out for acceptance. They've grown up into this young man's body and they can't understand sometimes the things they feel. They don't like the way they feel. Mm. They hope that they'll be understood for better things. Right. I've got a young child. I've got my youngest who is about 18 years old. She says things and sometimes she doesn't say things. If you don't understand what I'm trying to say. And yes. she thinks she said <laughs> yes. it. Yes. And I'm like, no, you didn't say it. No, but I did say it. I said, no, you didn't say it. I didn't hear it at all. So but that she applies think, to all of us though, Pastor. Isn't that true? Yeah. Isn't that, it's like some parents I know, like myself as well. So I said, no, you didn't say it. No, I said it. And so we had a conversation, sometimes almost getting into an argument about mm. who said what and who didn't say it. Yeah. Finally, someone has to relent and says, okay, I didn't hear it. Go ahead. Why don't you say it again? Yes. Right? And then we take that low approach and then we just say, okay, dear, let's just tell me what you're trying to say. And so, Again, what the child is looking out for is validation. That's mm. what I really feel. A sense of being accepted. Hey, parents, isn't that what you want as well? Yeah. Mm. I know sometimes you go out there and you work hard and you do those things and I put food on the table and I'm doing all these things for you and how come you don't appreciate it? And you know, how come you, yeah, you talk back at me and then this is my house, you know that? You know, yeah. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? I've been down yeah. the road, you know. Mm. I feel a great sense of authority <laughs> in my house. And I, and I forget that, you know, I may feel this way, but what's a young child, a young teenager growing up with so many different emotions and dopamine yeah. free feelings? What is he or she feeling? Mm. He or she is feeling the same thing I'm feeling. As much as I want to be validated for the good work I put in, the food that puts on the table, the, the, the provisions that they get, they want to be validated and yes, they want yeah. to feel a yeah. sense that they are also accepted for who they are. That's that right. They are loved for who they are. That's right. Pimples, warts and quirks and all that all together. <laughs> they are just people looking for attention. That's and right. Mm. And their number one fan is their parents, not yes. the outsider, not yeah. their friends. Yes. Honestly, their number one fan is their parents and if their parents can see that, Mm. I'll tell you, you hit a home run with your kids. That's right. right? That's so good. Yes. Awesome. (laughs) That's so good, Pastor. (laughs) Yeah, I really love what you said about how the youth is actually also looking for affirmation. And I'm going to go on a short rabbit trail. It just reminded me of how when a youth goes into adolescence, they are trying to understand what's happening, right? They are trying to make up their minds about things. They're trying to make decisions for themselves. and, And yet at the same time, there's so many things that are happening in their bodies, the hormonal changes, everything. They don't understand that. Absolutely. You know, and just trying to establish an understanding. But at the same time, they're also hoping that people see them beyond what they are currently feeling Yes, mm. as well, right? Like not addressing the current situation, not addressing their temperaments, their anger, their frustration with what they don't understand, but just seeing that they're trying and giving them that space and, and to try. Absolutely. Christina, that's so good. Right? If you think your kids need validation and parents, if you think you know you need validation, hey, welcome to the club. That's right. Jesus himself needed validation. That's what we see in scripture, isn't it? Yes. At the two most difficult points in his life, at the point when he was entering into ministry, right there at the Jordan River, the Bible says the heavens mm-hmm. opened up and the Father yeah. spoke into his son's life. And he said, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And this is when he was just about to start his ministry. Can you imagine how perhaps uh, un- unsure you are? You know, yes, I, I, I know he's the son of God, but he, this is he's starting a three and a half year ministry and it was... And it must have been difficult. 
Because, mm. you know what I mean? And this is like your child, your adolescent stepping into a new realm in life. Yes. It must be difficult. Yes. And they're just wondering, is there anybody who understands me? Is there anybody yes. who appreciates yeah, me? That's right. Is there yes. anybody who knows what I'm feeling right now? Because I've yes. not been through this way before. I don't understand. Yes. Can somebody help me? And in comes the father and he says, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Can you imagine yeah. the validation wow. that the, wow. the son received? And if that mm. was not it, at another milestone in Jesus' life, right there on the Mount of Transfiguration, the heavens opened up again. And if you know the story, he was as, he was became as white as snow. And the Bible says, this is a time, a week, just a week before he went to the cross. Again, another very important place in his life. And something that he was he was also walking in a little bit of anxiety and trepidation, wondering where it's all going. And, and then the heavens opens up and, the, and God says, this is my beloved son mm. in whom I am well pleased. Beautiful. Hear him. Is that right? Is that what it yes. says yes. here? Yes, beautiful. And I just love mm. that because he needed the validations at two most critical points in his life. Yeah. And the same way your son, your young adult in the house is looking for that validation. He's looking for that affirmation. He's wondering what mom and dad thinks about him. He's wondering if he's doing all right in his life. Yes. He's wondering if the coach in his life, which is his mom and dad, would yes. be willing to stand up and say, son, you are doing well. Hey, daughter, you are so pretty. You're, right. so doing, you're so doing so well. I'm behind mm. you 100%. Don't worry. Mm. If you fail, I'm here to catch you. It's amazing what that does to the child yeah. as the yeah. child steps into this new arena called life. Is that right? That's, That's right. right. Amen. Mm. I think it's also important to remember that this is exactly the area where the, the enemy deceives our, our kids, you know, uh, like to steal this revelation of love. Because it's the same thing happens in our own uh, relationship with, with the Lord. You know, we, we so easily forget that God loves us. And That's when true. we don't believe that we are loved, then we don't really lean in as well, right? Yes. Beautiful. So it's the same thing in, in our parent-child relationships. When our children, they forget or they don't feel loved, they, they don't know that they are loved, then they won't come to us for advice. They won't come and like lean into us and draw near to us. That's so it's right. so important that we're aware that there's a deception in this area mm. because the enemy does not want whole and happy families. Uh, and I, I I remember growing up like that as well, you know. Like I know my parents love me, you know. Like they they provided for me. Uh, the house is clean and neat, clean yes. bed sheets. I have food yeah. every day. I have a roof yeah. over my head, right? But every day there was this like gnawing feeling or, or thoughts of like, I don't think my parents really love so me. True. I don't think they are for me. So whenever they gave me advice on something, I will always like doubt, are you really for me? Are you saying yeah. this because you want to make my life miserable? Uh, <laughs> but it's so, it's so important that we know that we are loved. And yes. for me, the breakthrough came when I believed that God loved me. Uh, right. So when I could see that He loves me, I could actually believe that my parents love me and that all they're saying is because they care about me and they want the best for me. Yeah. So it's almost like as parents, we, we, it's almost like we need to take that extra step and, and almost like overdo it sometimes to tell them that we love them and, and keep on affirming them over and over and over again, like a daily thing. Like, I'm for you. I'm really very for you. Yeah. Right. And even in my own like uh, encounters with my own kids, sometimes I will say things, uh, give them some pointers. And then my son will, will ask me, 
uh, are you just trying to make my life difficult? (laughs) (laughs) Then I have to remind him all over again, you know, son, I'm for you. Whatever I'm sharing here, right, is because I love you. I'm for you. I really want to set you up for success in life. I love you. So I just like, just a reminder that we need to know that this, this is the truth that's easily stolen from our children. Amen. Hey, because Miranda is so good. Can I just add in here? I I love it. Sometimes when we have our children, I don't know whether it's an Asian thing. We think that it's when we bring our children to the world, they need to give us back something. Mm. But, you know, I mean, I, I, I hear that and doing parenting seminars, sometimes I hear that, you know, sometimes you have this unspoken, you know, I'm doing this for you, you better give something back to me. But honestly, mm. they have got nothing to give to you, parents. Mm. I'm speaking to you as a parent as well. It's a one-way street. Can I just say this? It's you giving to them. But then how about me, parent? I'm a parent, I need some things back. Honestly, mm. I don't believe you can get them from your kids. You need to get them from God. Yes, is that right? So good. And that's why this verse of scripture is so important. And I just want to bring attention to this. We need to receive, as Deaconess Miriam, you said it so well, we need to receive God's love for us. Mm. Instead of expecting or, or hoping, anticipating that love comes from our kids, yeah. can we be the more magnanimous one? Can we be the greater one? Can we yes. be the blesser? Because the Bible says the less is blessed by the greater. Can we receive the blessing from the greater one who's in our life, who is? our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Receive the love and we being the greater in our kids' life, we pour out that love. So mm. honestly, it looks like a one-way street, isn't it? It comes in from the love of God and we pour it out. And if the kids reciprocate, it's because they feel loved and honored by their parents. Yeah. Not because we demand it of them, but because we may give it unilaterally without any request or permission. They receive it. Is that right? The yeah. Bible says in 1 John 14, well, sorry, 1 John 4, 19, it says, we love because He first loved us. Is mm. that right? Mm. And I think parents, we just need to draw from that love first. And I just says, and it says in the script, it says, we love because He first loved us. We love what? I know the word says there says Him, but it's interestingly in the script, it's not there. Mm. We, it says, we love, we love what? our young ones. We love our spouses. We love our adult children. We love our young adult children. We love our kids because He first loved us. And when we receive that love, we can pour it out uh, abundantly. Isn't that mm, right? Amen. And overflow comes because God puts an overflow in our lives. That's Is that right? right? That's so right. I thought I'd just put that in at this point in time. It's so That's good. That's right. Pastor, this reminds me of how like actually it's kind of like how God does this with us, isn't it? Because He left the Bible the entire Bible is His love letter to us, yeah. to remind us of His love for us in so many different places within the Bible. And actually for us, it's just about reading His Word, knowing His love, seeing Jesus in the Bible, and yeah. then receiving of that love. And then also, mm. of course, listening. Yes. You know, it's written in the Bible that faith comes by hearing, right? And hearing by the Word of God. Mm. Yeah, so it's about listening and listening. And so in that sense, our teens, they want to listen, they want to hear, they want to read about their parents' love. They want to yeah. read about the love of God as well. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. I really love what we are sharing. And I think it reminds me also of a tagline that Zone has. Deaconess, you're, you're well aware of that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's called Live Loved and Live Loving. Awesome. I love it so much because it's such a simple and powerful way to express this truth. Uh, And I actually use it daily in my own life. I wake up in the mornings and then I just like declare over myself, Miriam, today, live loved and live loving. Amen. It's a powerful reminder to live as the beloved of the Lord. First, we are loved and then we can love other people. 
That's right. Yeah. So in that sense, the listening is kind of two prongs where as parents, we need to listen and hear God's love for us. And then we also want our child to hear that. Let's dive into LEAP. Let's dive into the very first letter of LEAP, which is to listen. Are we doing listening right? Like, is there anything that we don't exactly know about listening that we should? Wow. You know, I love it. I think uh, think, uh, we have misunderstood the word listening, you know, listen. I think it's something as parents we do not do. Can I just say that I have failed in this area many times. Mm, same. So the things that we are sharing on this podcast and just reaching out to parents here, it's not because we are successful. Yeah. It's because we have failed. And mm. it's only usually out of our failures that God pours in the love, pours in the oil and the wine and puts in the balm, heals us yeah. so that we can go out there and touch other people's lives. So yeah. can I just say this to you, that we have, we're not perfected, we are being perfected in Christ. Isn't that right? That's and right. I just want to say it to you, parents, you know what I mean? I've made mistakes here, and the things that I'm going to share here today are just about listening and coming out of my own little examples, you know, uh, in life. So if you can just hear me out, I just feel that sometimes when we do listen, since we're diving into this word listen, I think listening means giving our two ears and stopping our one mouth. You know, I Mm. remember Pastor Prince sharing this. God has given us two ears and one mouth so that we can listen twice as much as we speak. So good. Mm. And I think that's something that we want to just bear in mind because I think uh, there's this reason for that. We speak because we think we know. We speak because we think we are elder. We speak because we think we have eaten more salt than our children. (laughs) We speak because we jump to conclusions. I don't know how many times I've done this in conversations with my teenagers. They'll start something and then I will jump in only because I'm the pastor preacher in the house. You know what I mean? And I need to deliberately shut my mouth. I know I learned this through the years. I didn't learn this instantly. I deliberately shut my mouth to say, you know what, let the child speak. Or mm. my wife, who's really more wise than wiser than me, will say, hey, can you let him speak? Or can you let her finish? <laughs> and before they can finish, I would jump in and share my two cents worth because I think I know better. Or I am the father, I need to jump right. in and arrest it before the child goes down this path. Mm. No, the child may just be sharing a point of view. Share me, the child may be sharing a, an example, a question in their life. A child may be sharing a journey that they went through and they're not sure the journey was right or wrong. Hey, parents, didn't you go through your own journeys? Mm. Did somebody come in, jump into your conversations and just distract you or detract you and, and, and give you a whole nother thing that you didn't ask for? Didn't you feel upset and frustrated? Wouldn't it be the same if you went to workplace today, dads, mums, and while you're sharing a truth, a piece of truth, your whatever your colleague or somebody who's superior to jumps in and says, oh, you don't know anything. Like, let me just tell you what you know and you don't know. Mm. And boom, I'm just sharing, making this as real as possible because that's what I went through. Yeah. And shuts you up, gives you no sense of validation, puts a yeah. sense of shame on your heart and, th- and makes you feel like you don't know too much. And you know what? The next time somebody invites you to share, you will never open your mouth and share. Mm. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens with our kids. You know what I mean? Sometimes, and I feel that I've gone there that way before. And I had to deliberately keep quiet. And you know what? I needed to listen without distraction. Mm. So I needed to create an atmosphere and a tone in, in my heart, in, in, the, in, the, in the conversation piece where I can listen. Can I just say this to you, parents? When kids, your teens want to talk, they don't choose the right time and right place to talk. 
<laughs> they'll find the most inconvenient time. <laughs> Not that they choose it because they deliberately want to mess you up. They didn't choose it. It's just because they are thinking about different things throughout the day and it just sort of pops up into their brain mm. and they don't know what is going on and just feel, I just feel that this is a good thing to go in and you're talking about something else and then they're sharing this piece of information. You're like, what in the world? And <laughs> because that's what they're going through. Because you know what? They've been daydreaming or they've been going and they've got their own little adventures, right? Yeah. Because that's how teenagers are. Yes. Mm. And they come and share some things with you and you're like, what? Can you just... And then you get frustrated. <laughs> That's the time when you need to listen. Yes. So they don't choose the time. Right. Mm. They don't choose the place. They don't choose the right conversations. They just come in and they say, Hey, Dad, what do you think about this? And you're like, what in the world? That's when you should listen. That's when we, as a parent, I learned to keep my own agenda, my own thoughts silent to seize it, mm. and to hear what the child has to say. And many times, that's the time when they will catch or they'll be in a listening mode to you as well. Yes. You know why? Because when you respect them in this area, they right. will respect you. Mm. When you trust them to open up and share, and they trust the fact that you're listening, they will share some more. So that's good. how it is there, right? Yes. So I feel that many times when we, are, when we are doing this, I feel that I needed to give them the space and the time to, mm. to be there on their turf, to understand and listen to them at, on their terms and not to jump in and to make my own and uh, draw my own conclusions. So mm. I love this because that's what to me, speaking means to me. I know we live in a very, you know, sorry Asians, I'm an Asian myself. We live in a fast, fast, chop, chop, quick, quick. I always tell my children, we live in a two-minute noodle society mm. yeah. because you put the noodles in the hot water, must come on two minutes because I'm very hungry, I need to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and I find to myself, mm. okay, come on, get on with it quickly enough. Come on, share your piece. Come on, I got no time to waste with you. Mm. But you know, that's what your teenagers, te your teenagers are, are all about. That's what your young adults are, are wanting. They may not share so eloquently and, and quickly. They may take their time, but this is where we need to really listen. That's right. And mm. you know what? Let me just share one more thing. I just feel that when you're listening, parents, put your handphones aside. Stop what you are doing. If you're on the computer at work, if you can, if you can, this is a really an honest request. If you can, put it, put it aside for five minutes, just five minutes. And, you know, if you're not meeting, I can understand. But if you're doing work, just put it aside. Let me tell you that that, that trend of thought that God is giving you, He will give it to you again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I feel that. Love. You know what I mean? Uh, he will give it to you again and better things He'll give you because you spend Amen. time listening to your child. And to God, your child is very important. Yes. So be undistracted. Put the phone down because your kids can smell it a mile away when you're on the phone and you're saying, hey, okay, yes, yes. Oh, quickly, quickly. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. And they can tell when you're not interested. They can tell when you are not listening with your heart. They can mm. tell when you're not listening with your eyes. They mm. can tell. They can sense it. I don't know about you, but if you looked at any research study on this, sorry, I'm into parenting again. You know, if you ever seen an interaction between a parent and a young child, I'm talking about a young child, maybe a toddler. It's interesting that you should observe this when a toddler wants to speak to a, a parent. Many times I've seen a toddler reach out and hold a parent's face and turn yes. the face wow. to you. Yeah, It's interesting that that toddler has not changed when he or she has started to grow up. He's still mm -hmm. looking for it. He may not hold your face and turn their face towards the, yes. himself. But he's looking at your eye gate. 
He's looking yes. at your ear gate. He's wondering whether you're paying attention to him. Yeah. And the more attention you pay to him, the more he will share, the more he'll feel That's he's right. important, mm. the more he feels that he's understood. So I just want to, f- I just I just feel that this is where we want to be to, you know, one last point I just thought I was going to throw in is, if you're listening, listen with your heart. Don't make statements. Ask questions. So, good. so when, you know, mm. many times as parents, I'm guilty of this. I try to make statements. I'll jump in and make a statement, you know, but that's not how it is with, with, with parenting, I feel, especially with teenagers. You need to ask questions. You need to repeat the question. Is that what you said, son? Is that what you said, daughter? Mm-hmm. Is that what you are feeling, my son? Is that how you are thinking right now? Asking questions so that the child will, will have the sense that you are paying attention, you're interested, you want to be engaged in his or her world, and you want to deliberately give them answers. Yeah. So I feel that that's something we want to just focus on when mm. you're listening. Wow, that's so rich, Pastor. It's really, it's really changing the mindset about what listening is about. Um, it's no longer just like, you know, having a phone in front of us and like allowing the information that we're hearing to pass through our ears. That's hearing, that's not listening. And listening mm. is really about being present entirely, right? With our whole body, with our eyes, with our ears, with our hearts, with our mouths. So good, so yeah. good. Yeah, remember this uh, little story of this uh, girl. Uh, she was trying to tell her mom something and then the mom was on her phone or busy with something. <laughs> then the little girl says, Mom, can you listen to me with your eyes? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> so whenever like, I catch myself like being distracted, I will remember this little phrase. <laughs> listen with your eyes. That is yeah. so good. Because when we don't do that, it's, it's almost like they shut down, they stop yes. sharing and they will just walk off because they won't even communicate to us that you're not even listening, mom, but a teenager will just like walk off and, and keep the information to themselves and right. find somebody else who is willing to listen to them. Right. Wow. Yeah. So I was, I was reminded, you know, many times parents, it's, it's, I really feel it's a heart attitude. Can I just say mm-hmm. this? As a parent, I needed to change my heart on this. Mm-hmm. So firstly, uh, as we had said before, I need to know that I'm loved by God, that yeah. if I'm in trouble, my God, who's my Father in heaven, will always hear me. Mm-hmm. I needed to know that I am loved by God. I am the beloved. Yes. In the same, by the same token, my kids need to know that they are loved by me. Yes. So I needed to change my heart. Secondly, I felt that, you know, it's not about, uh, you know, they giving me anything. It's about me giving them what they need. Mm. And, you know, if I didn't get back anything from them, it is okay. Because my father will give back to me, my father in heaven. And I needed to have that sin that I needed to receive from above Mm. so that I can give below. You know what I'm trying to say? And that's how it is with a parent, right? You know, the, the kids come into the world that God has given us and we feel that they need to return some things to us, but that's not true. Mm. So the third thing I feel and where it concerns your heart is that I needed to perhaps humble myself, you know. Right. And I learned that through the years, I may be a parent, you know, I may know some things and I may think that I know everything. Many times I feel that way. Mm. <laughs> and I need to put myself in a place that I, when I'm listening to my young teenager, that I don't know. I choose to empty myself. Right. Wow. I choose to want to listen to what the person is saying. I choose to understand that his world makes sense to him. So can I listen to his world and not force him to listen to my world? Mm. I need to stop telling my old time stories. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a parent. <laughs> Still old school. 
when I was younger, I didn't have half the things you had, you know. I had to walk to school. I still remember the same line that my dad told me. I walked 12 miles to school and 12 miles back. I didn't have a proper slipper. Let's stop with the old time stories, can we? Can we yeah, just they stop just switch off. They will switch yes. off, right? Can we just stop? And you know what? Let's live in their world, mm. in their presence. So good. And you know, and I just feel that I needed to just stop knowing it all, being it all, and you know what? Just taking the humble approach. And mm. that's why I was in wow. this verse of scripture just always ministers to me every time. And it's in Micah 6, verse 8. And it says, Let me uh, I will tell you what to do, old man. But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. That's, that's the scripture. It's in Micah 6, 8. These are the things that I feel will, will direct your life, parents, on a daily basis. Mm. To, do, to, to do justice, to love mercy, which means that if you see something wrong, you want to correct it. But don't correct it. Let the, you know, as in your heart is a heart for righteousness. Yes. You want to do righteous things. You want to do the right things in the midst of your kids. You want to believe right. So righteousness is the key thing here. And if you understand God's righteousness, you'll also understand your sons and daughters are also righteous in Christ. Amen. And we want to treat them in that way. We want to treat yeah. them with honor. We want to treat them with respect. Mm. That's being just, you know, I'm trying yeah. to stay in the sight of God. To love mercy. And that's where I love the second portion, to love mercy, which means that you have a heart to want to encourage, a heart to reach out a heart to empathize, a heart to understand, a heart to be there for them. Because this is what loving mercy, which means to be gracious. Mm -hmm. And the key point there, the last point, is to walk humbly before your God. And that's something I needed to learn as a parent. If I could just humble myself before the mighty hand of God, the Bible says He'll he'll cause the grace to come and He'll raise me up. Can we just take that and apply that to the children? If we can just humble ourselves as the greater one, the blesser in in their lives, and maybe just humble ourselves and maybe tell ourselves we don't know everything. Perhaps they will listen and perhaps they will receive. Yeah. Perhaps they'll want to talk to us. Mm. Perhaps they want to share. Perhaps they'll say, hey, my dad is so cool, man. He always <laughs> listens. And can I tell you, parents, it's so important to be cool. Mm. Every time you're agitated and you go, suddenly all stop. But when you're cool, he says, is that so? That's so good, son. Oh, wow. Tell me some more. Wow. And you act cool, you respond cool. I promise you, you have very cool children. Mm, I just want to put that across. I think that's so <laughs> important. Amen. Amen. But Pastor, <laughs> does that mean that as a parent, I just listen and listen and listen? When, when do I get to speak, you know? Okay. So it's interesting. Can can you, maybe, maybe we should listen more again and speak less, right? So there'll be an opportunity where they'll ask you a question. Hey, Dad, what do you think of this? Or shall I do this? Boom, that's your opportunity. They gave you permission to speak into their lives. So, or you can ask them the question, Hey, son, do you want me to to, to share my point of view on that? Or do you just want to share today? Mm. And if they say, I just want to share today, Dad. I just want to share today, Mom. I just want to open my heart. You know, sometimes they just need to throw it out, right? Hey, we parents know how sometimes we find our friend and never stop talking for five hours, like what I'm doing right now. And we just open up and share and share and share. And, and you think, it's, but that's what we wanted to do, right? Get it all off our chest, right? Mm. 
Perhaps your son, your teenage son, wants to just get off things of his chest yeah. or her chest, and he wants to share with mom and dad because hey, mom and dad's a friend. I want to share with a friend like this. Right. Mm. And if they want to ask you something, maybe you should just is that is that what you wanted to say? You want if did you want me to say something? Or do you want me to answer that question for you? And if they gave you permission to answer it, you wow. they've just given you a wide open door Beautiful. to share your heart. Beautiful. That's where you come in. And again, you do it justly, righteously, with mercy and tempered with mercy in your heart and to walk with effect and to walk humbly as in, you know what, you share things like, hey, you know what, yeah, I, I can see how you're feeling about this. I can see if you and this is, if I was in this situation, I would also feel the same way. You know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, and, and, and then that's where we talk about empathy, which is the second point in leap, right? But uh, today we're all about listening. So yes. parents, we can get this as a home run in our lives. I promise you things will change yes. in your situation. So good. I just wanted to add, like sometimes even uh, we say a lot without saying anything. <laughs> That's true. It's, it's how we meet them. So when they, they sense that we accept them, uh, they sense that we are present, uh, they see acceptance in our face, we so smile good. to them. Actually, we are saying a lot, but so without good. any words. Wow. Yes, and we are creating a really safe space for them to know that, hey, you know, um, I'm not judging you. I'm yep. not, um, not going to come at you. Yes. I'm just going to be here. Mm-hmm. You can share what you want to share with me. Wow. I was, yeah. I was remembering, I did a, a, a seminar for secondary school kids. And I remember I said, you know, when was the last time you went out there and bought bubble tea for your child? You know, because some of these kids, they love this coconut, Mr. Right. Coconut, right? This, this is very local here, I can understand. Or bubble tea, which is another local favorite. Mm, or I when was the last time you tea. said, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I love it myself. So, you know, when was the last time you said, you know, instead of uh, uh, challenging your son, say, hey, son, let's come, just go and take a walk with me. Yeah. I remember a parent coming back at the end of the seminar a week later and says, Pastor, you know what, you just shared this and you know what, it was so good. Uh, that very evening, I came back home and there was a huge blowout in the house. And I said, son, you know what, come, let's just go for a walk. I didn't address the issue. Right. Uh, child, it's just something happened, There's some reactions at home. Perhaps uh, this is a mother sharing this with me because she, this son had a reaction to the father. And as a mother, I just said, you know, come, let's go for a walk, son. And as we went out for a walk, he started talking. Wow. And you, you changed the atmosphere. Right. You change the conversation approach. And suddenly right. the child talked and suddenly she realized that her son had a point of view. Mm. Her son saw things differently uh, than the parents. Yes. And then things changed and she said she had the best time with her son. Mm. And then they talked so much. She came back home. She shared this with her husband privately. And suddenly even her own husband realized, oh, wow. I was too fast to jump into conclusions. Right. I wish I listened some more. And this changed the whole dynamic in the house. Wow. Today, they are just such an amazing, happy family. So you know what? What we're sharing here today, parents, is life, you know. Mm, yes. And I just pray that, you know, whatever Deacons Miriam has shared, shared, leap is so important. Whatever you've been hearing in the scriptures, I just pray that you would take it to heart. Perhaps first thing to do is to change our own hearts. Yes. And so that we can allow God to pour His love in because He wants to reach out to your child or your children, he wants to reach out. He Perhaps he looks at the things at your home and he sees that, I wish I could bring some change. And he's looking at the catalyst, that's you, parent. He's looking at the change maker, that's you, parent. Right. And if you can just make that change, things will change in your house. So beautiful. So beautiful. 
That's such a good summary of all that we've shared today, Pastor. You know, as we were preparing for this podcast, Pastor, you had a story on your heart that you wanted to share with the parent. Would you like to share that with us? Yes, if I could, it'd be great. You know, just because uh, I just thought we'd just close with this last um, portion of Scripture. I thought it was so powerful. Did Jesus listen? So sometimes you always go down this path and you ask yourself, what did Jesus do? <laughs> and I think it's a good question to ask. You know, and here, did he listen? And we find, we find the story in John chapter 4. Here was Jesus, you know, thirsty at the well. He went to Samaria, never usually crosses into Samaria. But at this point in time, he said he must needs pass through Samaria. And he goes into Samaria. And uh, you know about the Samaritans. The Samaritans are not very friendly with the Jews. And here's a, a Jewish man. Nobody knew who he was. And he walks in there thirsty because of the long journey. And he sits by the well. He sees this woman at the well and he asks an interesting question. Again, he asks a question, could you give me a drink? Mm. And, uh, you know, it's it's not a very uh, pleasant environment. But again, we are asking, we, we, we're sharing today about listening, right? Yep. Listening many times is about asking questions, not mm. making statements. So he didn't go out then. He just, he didn't say, hey, Samaritan woman, give me a water. Give me, or didn't force down that issue, but ask the question, could you give me a drink? And then the woman being, noticing he's a Jew, perhaps by his clothing, started addressing the issue that he's a Jew and how can a Jew ask? It's not a very pleasant conversation. He, she was coming up and she was, you know, making a point that I should not be serving you, you know. Maybe I'm making a point, you know, I should not be, you should not even be here. What are you doing in my ter territory? Very much like how a, maybe a young adult, a teenager would feel perhaps, you know. Wow. It's a little antagonistic. It's a little, you're in my space, you know. You're not <laughs> even respecting me perhaps, you know. But Jesus didn't flinch and he was, you know, in this beautiful tone. The atmosphere was perfect. He didn't get angry. He didn't get flustered. He just said, you know what? I wish you would give me a drink. If you knew who he was asking for a drink, you would ask him for living waters. Here, I'm here to give you more things than you can give me, sister or woman. Mm. And it's amazing how his approach was. And he was empathetic. Mm. He just went down. He just, he appreciated for speaking the truth. And then the conversation went on. And then he said, yes, you spoke the truth. And I just appreciate you for that. You notice his conversation is just an amazing conversation. And then he started saying that there's coming a time and the true worshippers worship the Messiah in spirit and in truth. And he said, and he's the only person that he revealed his true identity to. And he said, I am the Messiah. Mm. And I just thought that it was just amazing how if you can just transpose this to a conversation perhaps with yep. your child. I just wanted to end with that. If you can transpose it, it is beautiful to see the, 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 real, the connection. Mm. There, was no, there was an atmosphere of peace. Right. It seemed agitated, but he calmed it down. Mm. He didn't point out her mistakes. Yep. He pointed out the things that she did right, she did well. Mm. He appreciated her for the water that she supplied for him to drink. He then told her, you know what, I'm here not because you could give me anything, but I want to give you much more than you can give me. So, because I love you, I'm here for you. And you know what? If you knew me, I would pour into your life. Mm. And you can understand that her heart changed because of the atmosphere, because she left her pail and she just ran into the city and she called many. No one who's not touched will run into the city, especially when you want to avoid the city with all the negative things that are happening and come back to the Messiah. So parents, if you can understand this, if your child needs to leave the things of the world, you need to be attractive. Mm, 
so that they will leave the things of the world. Mm. Yeah. If not, they'll run to the things of the world, the city in this case, and think it's more attractive. No, she left the pale, went to the city, called back people and came back to the Messiah. It's amazing, isn't it? That tells you that she felt affirmed. She felt loved. She felt wanted for the first time in her life because somebody listened. Beautiful. And somebody gave her the time of day. That's right. So I thought we'll just end with that, if you can, you know, and just remember that, parents, because this is what your kids need to feel. That's right. And if we can introduce that into the house, I think there'll be less depression. Mm. There'll be less, um, you know, different mental issues that the kids are feeling. There'll be less stress in their lives because their most important person, that is you, parent, paid attention to them when they needed it most. So... I think if you can just bear that in mind, it's a message to me, myself. I'm still learning and I'm still grappling with this. And may God give us wisdom, give us patience and understanding to be parents that are different from the world. Amen. Mm, amen. Amen. That's so beautiful, Pastor. I really love how we ended with the Word and how Jesus does things. And that's really what um, who we can emulate and who we can follow after. And that's so amazing. So parents, we can get better at loving our children and meeting their needs. And we can get better at showing our love to them simply by listening. So as we catch the heart of leap, remember that it is just an approach to love just as Jesus leapt to love us. When we don't feel like it's up to us to have a solution, the demand is off our shoulders. So we can love our teens by setting aside undistracted time to listen to them, by being an active, non-judgmental listener and creating a safe space for our teens to pour out their hearts to us. So as we choose to empty ourselves, as we choose empathy, we choose to listen, we show respect to our children. And that's how we can get our teens to talk to us. This week, parents, can we encourage you to deep dive with the Lord and meditate on Micah 6.8. Also, break the ice with your teens, initiate something with them by texting them and asking them how you can listen better to them. Parents, you will be so glad you did that. Stay tuned to our next episode for more of Leap, where we'll deep dive into the other letters, empathize, ask, point and pray. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Grace-Based Living Podcast by New Creation Church. We hope you've enjoyed our deep dive into the practical handles of raising and parenting teens. Do check out the additional resources we've prepared for you in our show notes. Till the next time, be greatly blessed, highly favoured and deeply loved.